Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Ideas Don't Bleed. Everyone is stunned, taken aback at my, what I thought was a really great intro. It's maybe the um, most initiative you've ever shown. Yeah, you really went for it. <laughs> That's Thank you. Thank you, Ethan. I'm a new man, you know. Uh, it's uh, Ideas Don't Bleed, presented by Ashcan Press. It's a comic book podcast hosted by Hi, I'm Griffin. That's Ethan. And Hello. we are joined by Matthew Rosenberg, of course. Hello, sir. Hi. <laughs> That's all you got. That's all you got. This oh, is, this is uh, you did the intro and you did a standard intro, but this is not a standard podcast oh. because this is a collabo podcast. We're doing Ooh. a team up. Wow. Yeah. So do you want to do the full team up? Oh, it, like, it's a Marvel two-in-one? It's like a Marvel two-in-one. There you go. All right. You want to do that? All right, well, now I'm going to turn around and I'm going to do a Jinx World intro and Ethan will have to figure it out in the edit. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> hey, everybody. What if it was a Jinx World Masterclass as well? Oh, my God, it is. Because what? we are joined by Mr. Brian Michael Bendis. Everybody. Hey, you know, you know what I see? I see four independent comic creators walk into a podcast. That's what I'm talking about. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Brian, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show. Slash, thank you so much for taking the time to have me on your (laughs) masterclass. Thank you for when you started this podcast and I raised my hand and said, I'd love to come on. You waited. Uh, I will say three and a half. You, you you went around. You did A to Z and then back around again. There's a, there's a reason. This is true. All of this is true. But there is a reason, which is the first. They say your first fifty or so podcasts are going to be bad, and I didn't want you to come on the bad one. Mm-hmm. I wanted mm-hmm. to know that we knew what we were doing, that we had our chops, that we knew how to do this stuff. And I don't feel a hundred percent on that, but I. It's going to be smoother than it would have been a year ago. You're going to want to work out the kinks. And just so people Mm -hmm. understand, Matthew and I are both fine Jewish men raised by Jewish mothers, and I knew that I could guilt the shit out of him. And (laughs) and there are some readers, uh, listeners may get a little uncomfortable hearing me give shit right away. Matthew feels comfortable. Matthew now feels at home, and now we can have a conversation. It's the warm embrace that I've been missing on the show, and so I I appreciate it. I'm now at ease. Clap some way off, motherfuckers. (laughs) So, that's the name of the podcast. Yeah, that's that's what we should yeah. I think uh, that's the name of my next uh, book, A Dark Horse. So don't. don't. Oh, okay. okay, sweet. Never mind. Uh, the it, well, we, we can we can talk about it in court. But it, in the meantime, <laughs> we always start our show. This is going to be format a little different because it's going to be okay. uh, uh, more a talk about craft and and structure than it is uh, a deep dive on your career. You obviously have a long and storied career that uh, you can read about other places. You can go listen to other podcasts. We're not going to do that. Uh, you can but, go subscribe to jinxworld.com and oh, uh, check out the creation series where Brian I hear is doing great stuff in depth. Over there, on, yeah. I, I, yeah the, <laughs> those producers, the creative team. Over there, they just, <laughs> there's but, something else. Do, do yeah. people know that you guys, the supple boys, as you are called over at the uh, the chains place, are 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 uh-huh. the are the? Uh... I think people are only too aware of us. Oh, okay, that <laughs> you do my my stuff yeah, and yeah. Matthew's stuff and Ryan's stuff. Yeah, so we're we're yeah. we're we're in the shared uh, supple verse or whatever. Uh, <laughs> You know, yeah. we're we're hanging out. We're getting a lot of stuff about the the new book. I passed by a YouTube clip where someone, like the first five seconds, are someone going. So this book is from the um, 
uh, um, the Supple Boys. Yeah, no one wants <laughs> and and then multiple people are like, oh no. Yeah, no one wants to say it. No one wants to hear it. It doesn't sound good. And then I uh, I clicked off. I was like, I don't need to see the rest. Of we we want to drop it. Goes. It's self sustaining now. There's nothing yeah. we can do. It's, it's true. I, I when I said it out loud, I'm like, am I? keeping it alive accidentally i don't mean to <laughs> they say it it's all okay. the time they say they uh, constantly true. say we don't want to it's be true. called that anymore and then they're like we're the supple boys immediately and I'm like, <laughs> it's uh, it's habit it's yeah. habit yeah. uh well uh even though we're gonna have a slightly different format this episode mm-hmm. we always start with the same question here and this is a question for you brian which mm-hmm. is very simple very broad but why comics oh yeah well i um, I've heard other people uh, answer this on uh, your program, and I'm always <laughs> struck. I think I'm just a scooch older than most of your peer group, mm-hmm. and um, by that I mean decades. And um, and and I think my relation. I, I'm fascinated that my relationship to the medium is so different mm-hmm. than um, some of our friends and peers that are younger. And I think it's I was sitting alone in my room with comics pre-internet pre like a lot of stuff a pre when you could have a group of friends who were in the comics i was the only person i knew that loved them and i loved them with my whole heart yeah i i've mentioned even in recently in fortune glory my best friend in high school read frank miller's ronin because he saw i was vibrating because i had no one to talk to like i was just like shaking (laughs) and he, he just read it so i could all right now unload and and that was like the kindest of friendships but it was like you know not because he wanted to and and so um they were my very personal intimate storytelling device where i felt very connected to a larger world obviously that special feeling that you get reading a comic book story that you don't get from film or tv or novels that that struck me hard and I was absolutely started as soon as I figured out, oh, this is someone's job. And I was reading them very young. Yeah. So it was like six years old when I'm like, oh, this is a job. Then it will be my job. Like that's the job. I, whatever this, I want to give this feeling that I feel all the time to someone else. And I was, you know, divorced family. My mom's great. Did the best she could. 70s, 80s. So I'm alone with my comics. I'm alone with my you know, my Marvel two in ones and my Marvel team ups, mm-hmm. random issues, like rando as you could, as you could be. And, and that sustained me. And then, uh, you know, I'm, it's very much on my mind because I hung out with them all weekend, but I, I uh, went to a comic book show in the early eighties and uh, Walt Simonson was there sure. and I ran up to him and was like, help with whatever, you know, you know, I, I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And he took me behind the table, sat me down, and 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 started me on like literally just here's your path and 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 sent me off and that was it i was done so that was like i'm going to be you know sitting behind walt's table like and just like pretending i'm a person at the art alley i was like that's it i'm done ruined for life that's it's funny because you i do find that a lot of people have a very different answer to that but actually your answer is very similar to mine only because i i grew up uh without any friends who read comics i didn't i and so to me it's always been a very private sort of insular thing and that kept me from thinking about it as a career because i knew i couldn't draw like that when i was 10 i was like well i'll draw them and then i was like this is horrible i don't draw like jim lee i'm done and uh you know and but i didn't have the peer group i didn't have it as a social thing and it's and, and it still feels sort of alien to me that to like talk about comics all the time and to like be surrounded by people who love them is very strange when did it for you when when was the shift to being like oh i'm in this community like when did you feel like i'm in this community this is my thing well when we started getting i I got published by caliber comics in the early 90s that was my break in and caliber is one of these a small independent companies that no longer exists but they're very well known for who they gave their first shot to like almost everyone who got a shot there did something or continues to really do something quite substantial in, in the business. And so I was thrown into, you know, the Juma bar guy, Davis, Vince Locke universe. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and then I didn't know where I was and what I was doing. And, you know, and then all of a sudden I turned around and I meet David Mack and I meet Mike Oming and I met, I, and I met them 
quickly and immediately and Mark Ricketts. And there was a, a, a quite a few uh, creators yeah. that like, we, we were all being published by the same publisher and we all didn't have, we had friends, but we didn't have a comic book peer group. Yeah. And we're like, Oh wait, are we, are you my people? Are we, are we all the people? And we started immediately making comics together through yeah. caliber. We put like gigantic presentations together about caliber comics but it was really us celebrating we have friends <laughs> that make comics for the first time and we're all like in our mid or early 20s and it was the first time we'd ever experienced that so sure. yeah it was it was quick it was real and i'm still friends with like almost everybody from that from that time period or and or making comics with them directly yeah. so i that's where i met phil hester uh galen showman like it just the, the list and everyone was great Sure. And 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 on their path, yeah. And then in walks David Mack, who was like nineteen and better than all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and look and look like Tom Cruise. <laughs> well, you know, some people uh, some people win the lottery a few times. Mm -hmm. that, that happens. But I'm uh, I'm curious because you you were drawing though. You were yeah, I'm writing and drawing. David's writing and drawing. Mike's writing and drawing. We're all yeah. doing the same job and kind of crossing over with each other and uh inspiring each other and it was um and also there was like the market wasn't strong so there's literally no concept of needing to be successful because no one was being successful like no yeah. this isn't a this isn't a place where there's a million dollar ticket on the top of the mountain whoever gets there first gets it that's it wasn't like that at all so everyone was just you know just trying real hard to make something really really special yeah you know? I, and, and knowing no one cares, like the, the indifference of, of, you know, being an independent comic creator can be like the warm blanket of indifference can really be uh, satisfying. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I obviously like as a fan of yours and, and a fan of that, that era of book that to me was a very like, I learned a lot from you about what I perceive to be, and now that I know you, what is actually the the case of just being like, well, surround yourself with people who are going to do things that excite you and inspire you and you want to succeed, like, so you can boost each other. And that was a very big thing for me coming up of like, who are the people who are in my position, like, and I feel like it's such a yeah. You even went and got your own Matt, Ed, and Kelly. Like that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. you, you we got went really hard. names as friends. It's crazy. Yeah, they 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 did not find that as funny at Marvel as as we all did. They'd all just be like, "Well, Matt, Ed, and Kelly," and we'd be like, "Yes," and they'd be like, "Not you three, the other three. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, that's fair. Uh, but we, you know, I I think it's it's fascinating because I see a lot of creators coming up who are present company not included ethan and griffin who are uh they they i see a lot of creators coming up who are very isolated who are very like this is my career and i, I i'm going it alone and and they're fighting their way through it and i'm i'm always of two minds about that i'm always sort of fascinated by it because it's not how i chose to do it well, also, but while we both chose this path, there are people that chose the singular path. I, sure. uh, you know, and I would watch them uh, uh, and wonder if if they're getting the most out of it, or if I'm making it more complicated. You know, it, it's you, you you never know. Everyone to their own path, but there yeah. are certain people that come to comics and they they go, oh, the collaboration is the thing. That's it. The, the, every everything else is just a, a result of the collaboration. Yeah, and um, that's why I. You know, I, I connect so hard to like improv comedy troops and SNL because it's the same job. Like, sure. oh, it's about the collaboration. Like, that's the best part. Yeah. So when people re reject it or don't want it, I try not to be judgmental. I used to be very judgmental about that. I used to be like, sure. oh, you're missing it. You're missing the best part. Yeah. I'm like, maybe not for them. Maybe that's not what they wanted. But I'm, I mean, it raises an interesting question because you were writing and drawing yourself when you met, you know, David and and Mike and those guys where you did something flip for you where you were like oh I I don't I want to write for other people like when did that when do when did you um, sign out the thing no that 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 choice was offered to me outside of my own sense of self I was writing drawing for people who don't know for the majority of the 90s are me producing uh graphic novels that I wrote and drew and lettered and designed all by myself mostly out of 
um, either some kind of stubbornness and or I don't know anybody who knows how to do this stuff and I can't afford anyone. I can't afford a letterer, so I'll learn how to letter. And then, yeah. of course, you we had so many examples, particularly in the 80s, of people, that's they, that's what they told you. I Okay, I need a letterer. I'll learn how to letter. Yeah. I need how to book design. I'll learn how to do that. And I did really like becoming like a jack of all comic trades throughout the 90s. Like I really was, I was beyond what I thought I could do technically sure. by like 1998. And I was, I was like, oh good, at least, well, no one's ever gonna hire me to do any of this, but at least I can do it, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and that, that felt good. Um, also, I was following the footsteps of some people and I was, I was getting it done and that, that felt good. So, um, no, I, I, would, I started getting writing offers, like first from Todd and then from Joe and even when, like I've told the story a million times, I'm sure you've heard. Um, but but that uh, that you know they they I thought they were like I thought Joe was hiring me to be an artist. Yeah. When he called me, and I go, "Who? What do you need an artist for?" And it was dead silence on the phone. And Joe was like, "Oh, I thought you're a writer who was just drawing because you want to finish your story." Yeah. I didn't think you were drawing because you thought you were good. And uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, I I I. I did think about that, uh, yeah. like, oh, he's either a giant asshole or he's going to be a great boss who tells me the truth when I need to hear it. And sure. he was, he was, he was a great boss who told me the truth every time I needed to hear it. And yeah. and more and more, I you 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 really covet that kind of like good kind of leadership. You know, sure. what I mean? it, it's it's rare. So um, so yeah. So I and and then what happened was. I was like, oh, well, can, then can we hire Alex Malib? Because that's the artist I'm trying to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't trying to be David or Mike, but I was trying to be Alex. Like, yeah. I was like, that's what uh, I think you can see a little bit. Like, that's where I like, like that. Sure. That's why I would pine for. And then as soon as me and Alex started teaming up, and then and then suddenly I'm working with Mark Bagley, and that's a dream. Like that that stuff comes out so fast. You just it's it's like it just magically appeared out of your head. And yeah. and 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 then you and so a number one. The, the response to me just writing commercially and critically was so over the top. Like the, mm-hmm. the, 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 me stopping drawing was received so well after 10 years of, you know, <laughs> positive yet middling results <laughs> with commercially. Uh, but once I stopped drawing, I started working with other people. It just every, everything exploded like yeah. very quickly. And to the point where like, all right, that's insulting. Like it was like, all right, like the universe is saying, stop drawing. It, it, it was, it was, um, you know, but it didn't stop me from drawing or that's not why. But then what happened was I would, I got addicted to the process of writing for other people that became, yeah. uh, it was something I, I thought I could do blindfolded and I couldn't, I had to learn, I had a learning curve um, with my friends and Bagley that was uh, very important. And then, and then I became addicted to it, like a completely addicted to it on a level. There was no other part of this business I was addicted to and getting artwork in the morning, like yeah. when the emails come in and there's artwork. And so, you know, some, some of my headier times when I was writing five or six monthly books, it was full addiction to collaboration like uh-huh. that. It was, it was a compulsive addiction. So all controllable. I got it under control, but it was, I, I know I was. Like it was such a it, you've had it you know it's the best right sure you open up the emails look at that look look at that cool thing that wasn't there a day ago that's awesome yeah I I mean I think I think that's a common refrain among create writers to be like yeah just getting art in but it's I, it's always fascinating to me like because we ha- we've had a bunch of people who who can draw on the show who are writer artists I mean Chip and and Becky Cloonan was just on and um, Declan Shalvey and all these people who are great. And I'm always fascinated if it means the same thing to people who've drawn their own stuff to be like getting it. But you're no, I, I, um, I, 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 what I, what I take away is I think I was, I was more successful at communicating myself to other artists because of the ten years I took drawing my own stuff and working on other stuff. Is that I was, I'm, I'm almost to a fault sensitive and compassionate to the artist situation and how to uh communicate all of that so even when i'm asking for something insane 
I, I'm, I'm very aware of what I'm asking for. And there's a different way to ask for things when you are, you know, aware of it. Right. And also I'm aware of sometimes I'm asking for something I couldn't physically do. Yeah. Like I'm working with some artists that are so far beyond any at my height of, of my artist powers was able to do Then I'm, then you're aware of that too. Also, I'm sure you have this experience too. Every once in a while you're working with someone who's, like, like, who who is the, the the biggest one of your heroes that you've worked with? Like coming up, like it, uh, David Lapham was a huge one for that's me. That's a good one. That's a great one. Like yeah. so, so sometimes you're working with that, and you go, oh, you know, do that thing I've stolen from you seven times. You yeah, know, yeah, that, yeah. The move you do that you invented that I uh, oh, hundred percent. There, yeah. there are things where I was just describe. I was like, is he going to notice that I'm describing stray bullet shots in this detective comic script? And he was, if he did notice, he was kind enough not to point it out. But yeah, it's. No, it's, we went the other way. We were writing for Bill Sienkiewicz. Me and David were writing for Bill Sienkiewicz on Daredevil. And we just flat out, we were like, we were bouncing back and forth how to word it. And we said, you know, that thing you did, Electro Assassin, that everyone steals. Do that yeah. thing. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it is funny how, how, it, like, at a certain level, the whole thing becomes like, just the just just the like the fantasy that you've had of the job is the job at a certain level and and like you're expected to just operate normally and i'm oh i have so much trouble with that i have so i much I, I do too I, i'm i'm glad to hear you say that it, it's uh, like even this weekend i'm you know I, i'm not sure w w like we're not supposed to fan out about stuff yeah, yeah. like we're supposed to like i i how am i how am i uh, Howard Chaikin and Walt Simonson were standing. I'm not supposed to flip the fuck out. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Come on, that's amazing. And and I know you know we've got some years under our belt, but it's it's a you know I don't know. My my first uh, Marvel summit was your last Marvel summit. Yeah, I know. You I left. think about that. <laughs> and uh, uh, I was you know I walked into the room. And, you know, I've been in the offices before and stuff. And obviously I've been working there for a bit and it was exclusive, but it was my first, like one of these. And I walked in the room and I was just like looking around and forget like the editors who are people who I just, you know, uh, you, you know, you got Tom Brevoort and, and Joe Casada and Axel Alonso and all these people who are Stephen Wacker and just the people who've done things where you're just like, oh, this is, they're a big part of why I love comics. But then it's like, you know, you're there and Jason Aaron's there and Mark Wade's there and all these, all these guys who are just like, yeah, this is why I do this. And you actually came over to me and and before we started, I don't know if you remember this, and you were like, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm really good. And I guess you could see that I was a little like deer in the headlights. And you were like, uh, you know, this is going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. And then you said, remember, uh, you're here because you earned your seat. You yeah, deserve to be it. here. And uh, don't let anyone make you think you don't. And I I just was like, Oh yeah, this is my job. Like, and I, I wasn't in that place. I was in a place of like, well, I'm not going to tell Jason Aaron how to write a co I'm not going to give Jason Aaron an idea. I'm not going to tell Mark Wade an idea. And, uh, and that really like put me at ease so that I could just tell those guys, whatever the fuck I'd be like, that sucks, Jason. Like, you know? <laughs> so no, but that, that's why it is one of the reasons I, I, I see that Marvel retreat and that whole situation very similar to the SNL. Uh, when you hear stories about Saturday Night Live and like, it takes a couple years for like, a new cast member to like, oh yeah, yeah, even feel comfortable to say something, even though they were the star of the place they came from, you know. Sure, yeah. And and I I think about that a lot. And I I because, uh, yeah, you're at the end of my like 18 year run there, and I'd seen a couple creators uh, equal to you in in passion and talent uh, come in there and either freeze up or, you know, just just not. The, the, yeah. you know not 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 be present even like yeah. not and and it was like oh, oh and 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 i had and i realized oh i had the benefit they started these with us like oh, this yeah, generation yeah. i know they had them in the 70s but they didn't have them for a long time and then they put me and mark in a room and then they built a room they they start building around that right yeah. it was me mark and cb and then it got bigger so i never felt uncomfortable in the space sure you know what I mean? So when you're getting invited into someone else's built space, that's a very different thing. So I saw the creators come in and not feel comfortable. And I always thought we as creators were being very comfortable. Yeah. And then I saw actually a couple of creators go out of the way to make it not fun for the new creators sure. for whatever ego reason or, or, you know, competition 
that doesn't do anybody any well. And, and there was even one time where we had to like get involved because someone was going out of their way so hard uh-huh. to like stop someone from succeeding. Yeah. And it was, it was, it's a bummer. And so, so everyone, so by the time you were there, I was looking to say, you know, and, and I, I, I like, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan. I want, I wanted you to enjoy this little did I know I wasn't going to enjoy it, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, you, uh, but uh, uh, at least at least I gave that to you. I gave yeah, you, uh, you know, no, I mean, it, it meant so much to me at the time. And it really like codified a piece of, you know, like my understanding of just like, yeah, where you are is probably where you deserve to be. Like, don't ever feel like you've you've tread too far, like it, or at least like be respectful that you're where you are. But like, don't be afraid to be. There. No, my, my thing was in uh, appreciate yourself to know you got here. Yeah, you know, this is this isn't an accident. No one's doing you. Which I always feel like I walk into rooms and I'm like someone like I've like won a contest or something. Oh, 100 yeah. it's doing me a, a a charity. Like this is some kind of like no, they they wanted you in the room. And, and and by the way, some of this. First of all, thank you for telling me that wasn't an asshole thing for me to say because mm-hmm. sometimes I give I I come up with unsolicited well-intended advice and someone's like, not in the mood like you know so i i appreciate that it landed well but um a lot of this stuff was stuff that joe helped me with when uh-huh. i was coming through i would come come in hot sometimes and come in with a lot of anxiety like even at signings i would come into a lot of anxiety, and joe was the one who had to point to me to the signing and go no one's like you're you're having anxiety no one's upset no one's yeah. no one's waiting around i think i might have told you that years ago but it was it was like you know I, I would be so nervous at San Diego because it was so different from yep. the um, warm embrace of indifference from the nineties that I would be like, Oh, we got to go to the signing. Go, be, let's go early. And then Joe's like, they're here. They want to be, everyone's where they want to be. Yeah. You're not, you're no one. Don't worry about it. So I, I, I needed that. And I, you know, I was always looking around for anyone that needs a little, uh, you know, little calming down. Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, it's possible I took the advice uh, too to heart and I got too comfortable and put my no, feet up on the table, no. but uh, it was, it was definitely a fun uh, experience when I was there and doing Good. that stuff. And it, you know, it's a very, I don't know. I, I have a, I, I have a real romance and I, I'm always curious your feeling on it because for me, like, obviously we can talk about, you know, the golden age of comics and, you know, the silver age of comics and all of these beloved times. But for me, like, um, you know, I've read comics my whole life. I loved comics. I grew up with a comic book store on my block and my parents are both writers and their whole thing was just like, if you're reading, that's okay. Like you want to go to the store, like we'll give you money to buy books. Like you're not going to be doing drugs. You're not going to be, you know, doing something we not, don't think is cool. If As long as it's reading, we're okay with that. And so I, I, I've just always had comics in my life. And, you know, like all these things you have you go in and out of different companies and different moods and it's you know i was a, i grew up a very uh a marvel kid and then you know discovered love and rockets and went down and you know eight ball and hate and all that stuff and uh and i remember um for me like uh this is going to be uh, you're not you know you're not going to want to hear this but you're going to hear it because you're on my podcast so uh but for right me, now like, you're on my podcast well, so that's I'll true. Yeah, the uh the uh and i was like i was getting into sort of like you know i was very into like dan klaus and adrian tomine and that kind of stuff and reading the more you know the lit comics whatever and and i had a period of that and then um i picked up uh uh torso and I was like, oh, this looks cool. And I read Torso and it just blew my mind. And I was like, oh, I've never read a comic like this. Like I've never read anything like this. And I just went back to the comic shop and I just kept going back to my comic shop and being like, what else from this guy? What else from this guy? And you were starting it, uh, you were starting at Marvel then. And so they kept being like, oh, you got to check out this. And I was like, I, I'm, I don't want to read superhero stuff. He has indie stuff. And then, you know, I read Powers and Powers just like, Powers was a book that I I didn't even like I I didn't know you could do that like I was just like I didn't realize you could do this in a comic like it just felt like you know I I don't know how to describe it and it's funny because I I I felt like like I like we're talking about like it it's very personal to me like I didn't have friends who I talked about comics but there was a, a whole peer group of creators who I I have now who I'm like well yeah when I read Powers and they're all like, yes Powers was a bolt of lightning that changed the way I thought about what we do. And so 
for me, I, I spent a long time, you know, I read everything you did and I finally came into the comic shop once and uh, it was Forbidden Planet in downtown New York. And I was like, what else has, has Brian Bendis done? And they were like, I think you read everything, man, except for the Marvel stuff. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I need to get into that. And, and I was like, he has to be doing more stuff. And they were like, he's kind of just doing Marvel stuff full time. And then the guy was like, yeah, he just started on Daredevil. And, and I was like, oh. And the guy was like, do you like Daredevil? And I was like, Daredevil's like one of my all-time favorite comics. And the guy just stared at me. He was like, so your favorite comic writer is writing your favorite character and you won't buy it because? And I was like, all right, fuck yeah, I guess I'm going to buy Daredevil. And I just, you know, I just, uh, then I bought everything. But it opened me up to that era of Marvel that, that was you and then it was, you know. Mark. Yeah, yeah and, and, and just... But then it's Brubaker and Fraction and Kelly Sue and uh, Greg Rucka. And, and I'd been reading these people's indie stuff, but that superhero stuff at that time felt like you could just throw a rock at the Marvel office and you'd hit someone doing a very important run on a comic. Like yeah. it just felt monumental in a way that like, I feel like we don't fully understand. We're just sort of starting to understand now that it's like, oh, this was like, 10 people doing career defining work genre defining work did it ever feel that way to you did it feel special or were you just like this is what the job is and everyone is good at it and everyone has their own take i i think you've met an, uh, enough players to know that i think what what you first of all thank you for all of that um i i think you you know we know each other a little bit but i think you know that i i've outgrown bragging Sure. But there's a lot going on here that sounds like bragging. And I and I and I am desperate to tell people that um, I, I'm I'm expressing this in in the, um, uh, uh, you know, it just in 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 in, in and I, I mean to tell fun anecdotes that we're sharing together to experience as reader and author that we all had together. And as a teacher, I like to like share experiences that maybe you can learn from or get something from or hope that sounds fun. But I, I just bragging is really um, something I'm taking. I think also because I'm a, I'm a I, I have kids, I have like four kids. And part of my job is like, don't brag, be humble. And then yeah. I'm out there, hey, everyone, buy my book. It's the best <laughs> book ever. And you're like, you're just it's just the opposite of everything I'm supposed to like. Stand sure. for. So um, so please, everything I'm saying, please hear uh, that I, I I know how privileged all of this sounds like, but um, I walked into Marvel that was in bankruptcy. I walked mm -hmm. into a company very different from the one you walked into, sure. and um, and I can really say that with some confidence because I was there for both. And um, and and so when I walked into had like um, you know five in cabinets they were selling for cash, like someone was picking them up. Like mm -hmm. someone had sold them. They literally had a post-it note on them that said sold. And they were piled in the corner of a uh, a bullpen that the lights were turned off and everyone was had been sent home. And the only lights were on were like Ralph Macchio's office and Tom Brevert's office and, and down the row of, of the senior editors. But everything else was off. Mm -hmm. And if you grew up reading bullpen bulletins, you're like, oh, shit, I missed the party. Yeah. <laughs> already happened and i i'm late and uh and 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 it was a sense of oh are we writing the last marvel comics like that that was literally how it felt the lights were off and yeah. um and and it was very clear that a lot of people bailed on mainstream comics for them to think about hiring me and mark yeah. like a lot of people ran for the gaming industry hills um and 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 god bless them and they were right like the the in the well, the well of royalties that was some of the craziness of the '90s had rung dry, and people just bailed. And then, sure. it was, so it was really just us who were like, "We're we're not here for the money," you know. We're we're uh, uh, we 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 got our we got our shot. So yeah. we were very aware we were getting our shot because many people bailed, and also they were closing. Things were closing around us, so I did I did out loud say, "I wonder if I'm writing the last Marvel comic." I yeah. did write the last Malibu comic for Marvel, wow. so it wasn't impossible. So, um, so we go in, and then in what feels like a very quick amount of time, Bob Harris is out, Bill Jemis is in, Joe is in charge of editor in chief. Spider Man comes out, makes a bunch of money. X Men and Spider Man come out. There's money in them. They're hills, you know. Now, 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 there's money to be had. Bill 
Jemis, very good about making sure everyone on the planet got a at least some version of Ultimate Spider-Man number one in their shoes and their detergents and the, like it was everywhere. Something I'm still not sure why Marvel and DC don't imitate because mm-hmm. it like that they the millions of copies were shoved into every goddamn partnership they could find yeah. um, at, at a cost, but the cost was then to save all things. And I was um, delighted to be part of that. I was, you know, everyone was rolling up his sleeves and getting to work because we're in bankruptcy, like get to work, you know, and with that. And on top of that, we were all on the same page narratively and editorially. Mm -hmm. Like my big swings were very attractive to them. Like, like, like it just so happened. Like I would come in and go, I think Peter should tell Mary Jane he's Spider-Man. I know that wasn't in my pitch, but it's going to change the whole book and probably the dynamics of the entire ultimate line. But I think that's the, the, I think that's the swing. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, you should do like, it was, it was yes. And, and not like, you know, and it made me that. And again, that's when I felt, all right, I'm in the right place for the first time. I've never known what it felt like to be in the right place ever. So (laughs) when I was there, I was like, Oh, it took me a while to figure out what that feeling was. And then when Joe, was in charge there was a i'm not gonna fail he's he's literally a tony robbins disciple on some Mm -hmm. subjects and was and and was going to make it work so you're you know and he was one of us he was a creator so you never felt like you were being talked to by someone who wasn't one of us you know so yeah so it so so i'm trying to describe to you that some parts of it felt very very special Mm-hmm. And oh my God, they're letting me write Spider-Man and Daredevil, and like at the same time, that's all I ever wanted for them. And now I can, I can all all of them. Yeah. And now my biggest problem is they're offering me books I'm not sure I can pull off. Like that's like, like that's my biggest issue in the moment. So yeah, and then the event started, and then everything felt very healthy. Like that, that's yeah. like about House of M and New Avengers is when things started feeling like. Oh, we know where the checks are coming from. I mean, well, they're in bankruptcy. You, I, like, I didn't stop drawing characters for money well into my first year of Ultimate Spider-Man because oh, I didn't wow. know like, it was. For, and also, it was a six-issue miniseries. It wasn't a full gig. Uh-huh. It was. It was. I'm the one that said, "Hey, I mean, we're spending all this time and money. Why don't we just keep going?" Because I'm and I've done this twice. It worked both times. I tried to tell people to do it. It never works. It was. I, I lucked out twice. Where I like someone hired me for a mini series, and I go, why don't we just make it a whole series? And hey, if it bombs, it bombs. All right, so who what's, cares? What's the other time? Sam and Twitch. Sam and Twitch uh, is a four issue mini series, and I pretended I didn't hear him. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. And it was literally just trying to keep the gig. Like I would like to keep this job as long as possible. I did believe what I was saying. It sure. did seem that there was an enormous amount of effort and marketing was going into a six issue mini series. Yeah, let's just keep going, and then the numbers came in. I was able to push it along, but uh, Bagley was only on for six issues. Huh. He had to be crazy. convinced to stay. So, anyway, so the other part of this that I think you're you're trying to wrap around is that me and the only thing me and Mark actually like share, like we're very different human mm-hmm. animals uh, with very different agendas as creators and very different voices, but they put us together like a boy band, mm-hmm. and we equally share the enthusiasm for the market and the medium and that um all right i can't i can't get everyone in the store but i bet we can get everyone into a store like all of us can get everyone back into a store and that that arrogance and it was full arrogance just like there was we like you know mark was coming off his authority book he got fired off of i'm coming off of nothing my sandwich twitch book i got fired off of so we're, we're coming in here thinking and now we're gonna like you know take care of everything that's wrong here no it was complete arrogance but the exact kind of arrogance you needed to get the job done so and that's what bill jemis had that too bill jemis was exactly the kind of wacky thing that you need to come in and save the place and then that kind of same wackiness is what got him kicked out the other side there was no marvel studios there was no mcu yeah. there was no even like a, a piece of paper that said we'd like to make an mcu like none of that was on the table and i often look like when i'm faced with some marketing that we did for new avengers number one i literally say this will never be a movie like that's yeah. the, my like you buy this because you will never see it on the screen and now it looks small compared to like what you see on the screen
And this might be getting a bit ahead of the conversation. I just wanted to ask, because this is kind of adjacent to that, like, we were talking a little bit before the show about the weirdness of, of signings and, and meeting people and the kind things that people say and how emotional of an experience it can be. And um, and you, you, you were getting into Ultimate there. And Griffin and I have been very open about the fact that Ultimate Spider-Man was like our first comic book and it like completely changed the trajectory of our entire lives. And you've probably you've you've heard that kind of thing many times, and you're only hearing it more now with Spider Verse and, and just people coming to you and saying things like "You've changed my entire life," and and it's it's it may not be a weight, but it is like that is a lot. That's just so much to process and to carry. And it's I, my curiosity is just like, what 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 does that do to you and to your process? And do you have to take time to just like soak in that? And, and do you like like what you know because if i were getting that sort of thing all the time it, like the amount of work you still put out it's like i i, I can't imagine being it, it, i i feel like i just always be at the bottom of an emotional well just like processing <laughs> like like what's well, that duty well well you've known me for a, a while now so i think yeah. i don't think you see me a lot of me wallowing in anything <laughs> right I right i just i, I i thankfully was not wired but that i know way. that stuff means so much to you no we so got yeah yeah I, I will tell you, in, in some of this is emotional stuff that I'm working out in therapy. So it's sure. a, it's definitely a to be continued kind of story. Sure. But yeah. and I don't have it all worked out. Um, number one, it's uh, I, I I'm in, I'm 56 years old, and now you're supposed to go wow like Kevin Smith, but uh, like Kevin, <laughs> but, uh, um, but I'm I'm 56, uh, and so I uh, my wife and I we spend a lot of time remembering what 56 sounded to us when we were 25 right and like like and, and how that none of it feels the way we thought it would sure but we know that's what we look like to others right so right. we have to like put ourselves in other people like just literally the number and remember what oh yeah i am i'm some i'm someone's father i have an adult daughter so that means i'm an adult that people think know things like i have to like <laughs> i have to go through that whole process of 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 putting myself in the container that I'm actually supposed to be in, which is, right. you know, so yeah. And then that translates into like, we were at the convention this week and it was, and I was, I was describing to everyone beforehand, it was a near perfect convention experience. It was absolute human beauty and love the entire mm -hmm. time and all the, just fun, fun, fun. And, and everyone's saying lovely things that I've learned to take in and 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 accept. I used to this I, I, when I was younger. Matthew, I may have even done it to you. Someone said something to me, and I I rejected. I go no, or or, or I maybe <laughs> some better writers. Like, like and uh, in fact, I um, was on a panel this weekend with a fellow writer who I said something nice about a book of theirs that I had read. They were immediately said, "Well, you know, it did terribly on the market." Like, like they they did not say thank you. And I'm going to wait a while till I till I let them know. You know, I said something complimentary and you immediately rejected the compliment, uh -huh. like rejected. And all of us are wired for that. And I like that. But as you get older, that's not what people want to do when they talk to you about yeah. Spider-Man, particularly. No one wants me to reject their thought. They want me to take it in. So I've, I've spent a lot of years just trying to take it in. I wasn't, I wasn't raised to do that. So it's taken a while. So I, I do. I take it in. But often what I have to do is like at, at the show this weekend, there was Walt Simonson, who is the reason I'm here, right? And I can watch people do it with him. And then I'm like, oh, just do that. Mm -hmm. Like, just like, so it's a little easier for me, like, like, pretend until you, to you, to you can feel it. And, and then, and then, I'll, of course, it all, you feel all of it, you know, but it's, um, um, it's weird, because it, you, you don't get into comics for, like you don't sit alone in your basement for adoration. Like they're not, there's easier ways to get adoration or to be known or anything like, but we're lucky enough that like, you know, you just keep doing your job enough, you'll get known for it. And that's kind of cool. So I, I often just, I have to look at the, like the ad at the, at the convention and go, Oh, that's how they see me. Okay. That's nice. That's cool. That's not, I'll never see myself that way. But like, you know, you're going to listen to me next to Jim Starlin. I'm going to go, oh, okay. That's, uh, or I, I don't see that, but okay. And I'll just go back to work. So, it, it's my smile and wave, boys. That's what I do. <laughs> it, That's it's, a short answer. 
it's yeah. funny that you say that because it, it is like a perfect storm of like advice you've given me because uh, years ago um, when I was coming up, I, I told you the story that I, I uh, waited in line to to uh, give you an ash can of a book I was making. It was like my first thing. And um, was it for, for, for kids or? No, no, it was well, well before that. It was something that was. Oh, I wonder if I have it. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, no, I, 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 I'll go looking. I, I'm really hoping you don't. <laughs> but uh, the but you were so kind. Like I waited. It was at New York Comic Con, and they were like capping the line, and you were signing. It was the end of the show, and I just like sidestepped past the person holding the like end of the line sign, and they turned around and were like, "Were you here?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I was here." And like so, I was like, "I'll just have like." instead of having 30 seconds of your time, I was like, I'm going to get two minutes of your time. And you talked to me for 10 minutes and we're so kind oh, and, and we're just like so gracious and generous with your time. And I said to you years later, I don't know if you remember this. I was like, you know, I, I, I hold that you and, and Greg Pak, um, both at that show were like so kind to me for, you didn't have to be, there was no reason. Everyone's busy. Everyone's got stuff to do. And you're so kind. And I said, I, 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 I have that in my head all the time when I'm at a, a thing that has readers and fans there, because I, I want to be that. I want to be as kind and generous with my time to anyone who wants it. And I said, so I wanted to thank you. And you said, you're not actually thanking me. Uh, I learned it from Walt Simonson. And you're, you said, you're, you're I'm so happy. I said that. Good. Yeah. You said, you said, you said, when you think you're, you're emulating me, you're emulating me trying to emulate Walt. And he was, and you said like, so, you know, you, you, you owe a thank you to Walt. And I, I actually did, you know, I met Walt and I, I thanked him for everything and uh, all this stuff. But it's, it's funny to me because you, you say this stuff about like, well, don't, you know, take the compliment and, and be, and I always try and do that. And it's something I was trying to take in, but the compliment I gave you was like, I learned so much about how to interact with the audience. And you're like, that one wasn't me. So you didn't take that compliment. <laughs> and that, that just made me laugh. Yeah. Well, and, and to, truthfully, Ethan, and I'm sure you felt it a little bit with the launch of your book, it's humbling. Like, Oh, I like this thing that I, mm. I was really hoping you would do. You did it. And, <laughs> and sometimes people experience your work exactly the way you hope they would. Yeah. And it's deeply humbling. It's not like, mm -hmm. oh, good, I'm right. I think <laughs> it's it's a it's a very powerful emotion. Uh, at least yeah. it is for me. I, I know other creators have different feelings about this, but yeah, I, I take it all very personally. But I, I will say, Ethan, um, the other part of it um, that that I, I found a very healthy um, space for, because also we have a lot of creators that like wallow in negativity online too with the same amount of you know they they can't they can't unhook from yeah. from hearing people speak of them in any way shape or form even if it's complete madness and they know it and um uh i heard seinfeld talk about how like like his craft means everything to him and everybody knows that his craft yeah. working on those jokes and making sure they're perfect he works on it all day and i come on stage and i i promise you i'm giving it everything i can in that moment and I really hope you laugh. I really hope you like it. And I really do. And if you do, I will really enjoy that. And if you don't, I'll be super bummed out because that, that was the whole point. But it is not going to change my day. It is not going to, that is not, he said, that's not where I get the nutrients of my life force from. I get it from my family. And I was like, and I'm like, oh shit, that's some healthy showbiz talk. Yeah, I was <laughs> say that out loud in that way before and i realized that even though ours is a much smaller version of, of his but it is there's you know we a lot of energy comes our way and 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 what to do with it can be weird and, and like so when that when that big wave of positive energy comes in your face that's great but i can't count on it i can't it's it's not mine it's it's not mine to you know to build or to take away it just comes at me or doesn't and if everyone's mad at me the same thing but you know, all all I can control is like the 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 quality of my friendships and marriage, and you know, so that's I'm like, all right, good, thank you for that. I needed I needed that just very simple, elegant idea to keep everything uh, going, especially when things are beyond surreal, like around Spider Verse or something, when it's beyond anything I was attempting to achieve as a creator. So, yeah, yeah. I I always find it humbling, and I think part of this comes from being both a uh, you know, a young person who 
had to sit there and count quarters and be like, well, I guess I could just have peanut butter this this month if I buy this stack of books. I could I could do peanut butter sandwiches for two weeks, and that's fine. That's that's that can be every meal. And also working, I worked in a comic shop for a couple of years, and yes, did I? Highly I recommend it. I highly recommend it, and I I feel like that's given me. I go into every person who lays down four bucks, three fifty, whatever, four fifty, five bucks on a comic. Uh, I know what that means to a lot of people, and obviously, there's people who like it doesn't mean that much. But I treat everyone like, um, yeah. yeah. If you worked at Dunkin' Donuts, you worked for half an hour to buy my comic, and even if you didn't like it, like I take that very seriously, and that's a heavy weight, and it is humbling. Humbling is the right word. Like, yeah, there's no, there's no other feeling that comes with it to me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such an intense burden. And I, I always, you know, I used to think that, that, and maybe some do, but I used to think that bad comics uh, were phoned in, that people were phoning them in. And I, I've realized being in this industry enough that like, no one's phoning. Maybe a couple people are, but almost no one is phoning it in. They're, putting everything into everything. no one i've ever like orbited around like yeah. I, I may not care for what they're doing but i sure. i, I they're, they're giving it all they got yeah yeah and i i think and i and i really love that about comics because i think there are other artistic fields where like yeah people do phone it in but this is a medium that you know maybe it's because it's the money is not not as good and or because the fame isn't there and there aren't the other jobs but like now everyone is here because they fucking want to be giving it their all and that's you know I, I, I have like six or seven tweets that I, I never tweet that uh-huh. I just like. And one of them is I, I honestly, if you knew how passionate and like how much any comic creator, how, how much they love what they're doing or how, how much effort they're putting into it, you guys wouldn't be mean to any, like you would, yeah. I don't think you'd say a word uh, of disrespect to any, any creator you'd be like, you guys are working real hard. Okay. I didn't care for it, but you, you, you know, it's all there. Yeah, but I, I know that would that would that would not. Be. <laughs> yeah, it's not. A, it's I, a, do, I, I feel I know everyone here is working really hard, and they hop online, and and someone goes, "Matt," I'm like, "No, come on." Yeah, yeah. you can do better. And that brings us to the end of part one of our discussion with Brian Michael Bendis. Make sure to check out Masterpiece coming this December, as well as Fortune and Glory the Musical and everything else he's working on by heading over to his substack at jinxworld.com. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. We'll be back next week for part two of our discussion. And in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at Ashcan Press on Twitter, me at Tales to Astonish, or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Where is the poison?